Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, I, uh, I made ribs this weekend. And, you know, I've never made ribs. And it was great because growing up as a kid, I remember my Uncle Zip, who was my Aunt Ruth's uh, second of three husbands, came back from a restaurant in New Jersey, because uh, where I grew up, a place called The Pub. And I had spare ribs. I must have been four. And I've loved them. And I've always eaten them a lot. And I, lately I haven't because of my heart condition. But I, I made them at home. And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how you don't eat something thing and how easy they are to make all i did is i put them in a crock pot for like four hours on high with some onion and garlic next thing you know put a little barbecue sauce on them put them in the oven they're done so it was amazing anyway enough about that we have a we have a great show we have a an amazing actor i must say uh, i saw her in uh, that gal the great documentary and the guest is Catherine Hicks. How you doing, Catherine? Oh, fine. Thanks. I mean, you're making me hungry. Ribs. Ooh. Are you, are you, are you, are you, do you like to cook? Uh, yeah, I'm sort of, my mom's from Chicago, mid Midwest, uh, meatloaf kind of stuff. But in the, I grew up in Arizona in the fifties. There was no one there. It was very dry. And uh, once a year when it, a cloud passed over and it rained, that would be spare rib night. So it was a very special night. <laughs> See, it's funny. Well, you, you were born in New York, right? Yeah. And then how'd you end up in Arizona? My, uh, my parents were ill, not with, asthma or anything just like um, my dad had a serious kidney condition and uh, the doctors in New York said Spain or Arizona because there's fewer virus I guess in the dry air now now when you were a kid did you want to go into acting or what did you want to do as a kid no I just uh, I bleh, I wanted a cheer, high school cheerleading I love my dad was good in front of people I watched him uh, handle crowds at dad and daughter night in high school and I just love to be in front of people, you know, so the cheerleading, we, we didn't have a lot of theater. I never thought of acting ever, ever. I was an English major at Notre Dame St. Mary's in South Bend, Indiana, and theology minor. Wanted to be a nun for a while. Um, it was really a calling. I, I didn't make cheerleading at Notre Dame. I missed by one vote, and it, I was very depressed. I didn't know what to do with my life. And outside my dorm window, I, I, it was the loading dock to the theater building. And uh, it became a fascinating haven to me, like a temple of creative stuff I, I didn't dare enter. And just slowly, I made my way around on campus and took an acting class and went, oh, my God. And one teacher said, you should go on. How does one want to be a nun and a cheerleader? That's one of the most. Yeah, I, that's one of the most weird things. Know. But it's just. I mean, did you want to be a? a you want to be a cheerleader, and then when you didn't make cheerleading, you wanted to become a nun. Or how did, I it mean, was how the does, theology at Notre Dame. Okay. It's very inspiring, you know. And to this day, I, uh, I, uh, you know, it's a dichotomy. I, you know, I work with the Catholic Relief Service, which is on the ground in Kosovo, Rwanda. Wherever there's a problem, they've been there already three years, and you know. So I, all I can, the only. Uh, the only connection I can do is when I'm making money to give to Africa and help the starvation. You know, so at least I there's a link, but certainly not in <laughs> performance. I could go in, I guess, you know, in the in the refugee camps. I could right. How did how did you lead some cheers? Yeah. How did how did you uh, pick the charities you work with now? Because I, I always wonder about how people find well, the charities. Well, I'm I'm like a practicing Catholic. I I had like great nuns, like they were the first feminists, sort of these role models, intellectual single women. So I have like happy Catholic stories, and I I respect the um the serious uh, charity work that that uh, the Catholics do around the world. It's not about evangelizing a faith. It's about just serving the poor, which was always Christ's main message. So um, so I just, you know, when Kosovo happened, I called Baltimore. It's just, whenever I see genocide, I just can't bear it and starvation. So well, they, they deal with it all the time. So that's wh why I keep, you know, in contact. Well, with it's them. good you get back. And uh, okay, now, now you, you graduate college. Now yeah. you end up at Cornell. Well, yeah. Now with an I went back to Scottsdale and waitress. I, yeah, I just said I knew I needed training. So I, you know, I was so behind everyone else. I tried three times harder. That's, that's why I made it. Um, sometimes I tell moms, don't you know, don't don't let your kids peak too soon. Let them be hungry, you know. And then I, I, where were the great performers I saw in college and at Cornell? They're brilliant, and they didn't somehow think they could make it but I was just like I've got to do it I you know I'm so behind to this day I'm still my sister-in-law Megan Gallagher she went to Juilliard I'm just totally impressed I'm I'm in awe around her because she's 
a drama major. Yeah, but but when I but when I because I I did I know Wikipedia is not always Wikipedia is not always correct, but it did say you have the prestigious acting fellowship from Cornell. I did. So that's, well, that's I mean the so reason I good. got that is because in the auditions all the drama majors sort of phoned it in. You know, it's like ah, eh. and I was like, oh my god, if I don't get this, I will never learn how to act. So I I tried so hard. The people the, the the schools in the audience went, wow, this kid wants it. So I got the, the Cornell uh, team. Pick me. So when you got out, of, <laughs> when you, when you got done school, again, you were in New York. The the drama people said we're tired after summer theater. We're going to take a vacation, and I got on the first bus to New York City with my suitcase. I'm like, I am so behind, and I cleaned up. August in Manhattan, empty. I got three national commercials and Ryan's Hope, a soap opera. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when you think about it, it's just, and it's it's great because it shows, you know, you were resilient and you were you were aggressive and yeah. it's great because so many people do rest in their laurels at times yeah. and they sit there and they go, oh, you're right. It's like, well, we, I tell it? my daughter that early bird catches the worm. Just, don't, you don't rest in your 20s. My God, it's the only time you can make it. I know, I was doing comedy on the road in the yeah. 20s. I didn't have a weekend off for years and now I'm like, nah, I would never go on the road again. But it's just true. You're like, this is what we're, when we're supposed to do it and have exactly. fun and enjoy it. Exactly. So, so you got the first of all. Do you remember what the first commercial, the national commercial, um, you got was? Yeah, the first one was um, Excedrin. Um, when I don't look terrific. Well, I, I was walking through an orchard in New Jersey, and my big brawny husband came out. And when I f- don't feel good, I don't think I look good. So you know, Excedrin, then Prell, and uh, and Borden's cheese, Borden's cheese kisses. Now, did you have to eat a lot of cheese? Was it? Yeah, I spit okay. them out. I learned I can spit in a bucket. Now, Prell, I, I think Prell was a green one that yes. the bubble would go up and down, right? Because I remember my mom would get mad because we had this little bowling set. I don't know why, like they little bowling pins, like one of those things you get in Cracker Jack. And my brother and my would find it fascinating to drop it in and watch it catching the bubble and go down. And my mom would be so pissed because she'd be like, there's there's a bowling pin in, in the Prell. And it was like, so that's just- That I, could be an angle. Exactly. I just, I remember Prell. It's so funny. That and I remember- The shampoo per- that lets your yeah, bowling exactly. pin- get, get you a better bowling game. So now what was it like being in a soap opera? Because back, back, you know, like when Ryan's Hope was on, I remember I was, I watched, you know, my mom watched Days of Our Lives yeah. and she watched uh, The Edge of Night. That yeah, was, my mom watched I, as The, the World Turns and Guiding yeah. Light, different network. And it was so amazing because back then there was only pretty much three networks. Yeah, and yeah. Everybody, I mean, and Ryan's hope was huge. Yeah. Now, what was that like? You know, one of your you've done the commercials, but it's, it's like your big break, and there's. I did not consider it that. I was like, no, 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 no. I am here to do theater. I'm here for Broadway. And and when this thing came up, I auditioned for it. And I sort of, you know, thought I'm not. This is. I do not want to do a soap opera. The actors were so theatrical. You know, it's very Tweedy soap opera. It wasn't glitzy. And Helen Gallagher and Malcolm. They're just. I. It had a great vibe. So I got the shortest possible contract, a year and a half. And I kept going to my agent, going, "Where's the? Why aren't you sending me out for Broadway auditions? You know." And he said he'd open the New York Times and say, Catherine, there's not an ingenue part. You know, there's nothing out there. So, but Ryan's Hope, te- soap opera, bam. Your, your muscle memory, you know, your brain is a muscle. And within, within about three months, you're, you're memorizing 12 pages a night pretty quickly. That's what I hear. I hear it's very, I yeah. mean, a lot of people go, oh, soap operas, but it's very, it's very hard work. It's, it's good. It's boot camp I for mean, actors. As long, if you stay too long, I believe it affects your acting style. Okay, and what, what, how do you, why do you say that? I think you don't have time to do the emotional prep, so um, you can tend to, it just can be sort of result-oriented. Now, you're in Ryan's Hope, and are people starting to recognize you? Because Oh, I'll never forget Rockefeller Center. It was so much, again, going back to cheerleading, I always wanted to be famous. I don't know what that means. I think it was lonely growing up in Arizona. Um, I'm an only child. I love people. There were never enough. So um, I wanted the world to be my friends. And uh, when, when they swarmed me in Rockefeller Center, I was in heaven. <laughs> I mean, is now, I know it's heaven, but isn't, I, I think it would be sort of, um, well, it's different now, but I think it would be sort of weird, like feeling like claustrophobic because, I mean, you're, a, you're in a soap and, and the soap opera fans are so rabid. They're, so, yeah. they're such an amazing And you're in their house fan. every day. So it's, and so they, like, they know you. Did you yeah. ever have people like, actually think they knew you, like knew Not your character? Not in the soap opera ev- level. It's just more anonymous swarming, you know, f- of uh, fans. It's a little more innocent. And maybe it was the time. 
Now, now you're in the soap for a year and a half. Because like now, I have a stalker calling the house. So really? Times change, and I haven't, you know, been on TV I'm regularly. So, so, in the I'm sorry five about years. that because that that always stuff like that creeps me out. Yeah. It's like you know, and I, I get it on Facebook occasionally. Like yeah. people will sit there, and, and I think they're list, they're listening yeah. to my show. They're not yeah. friends of mine from high school or comedy yeah. or anything. Yeah. And then I get these weird messages. Hello, and I, and I'm like. And you don't respond because yeah. you don't know them. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. so now you did a year and a half, you did the soap. Yeah. Okay. And now you, next you went to But broad- I kept up my voice lessons, you know, because again, I'm behind, right? But <laughs> so, it's so funny. Can I interrupt real quick? It's so funny. You're behind, but you had three national commercials yeah, and a soap opera. But in up, my but, mind, but I'm, not a, so awesome. I'm not a Notre Dame St. Mary's drama major. So um, I keep my voice lessons up because that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, the other kids are enjoying their money and partying a bit. And I just run around Central Park trying to stay in shape. So the, so the first Angenot role in town becomes available. It's called Tribute with Jack Lemmon. Um, Every ingenue in town auditions. I'm just probably more ready than the rest of them, um, and hungry and um, determined. And I, I get it. And uh, so that was a blast. I was going to say that. I was because I was reading your resume. That must have been amazing because one, it's you're on Broadway now, and yet your mm-hmm. your whole thing was like you were like ah the soap opera. But I want to be on Broadway. This is what I do. And two, you're with Jack Lemon. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, it's just a, a masterful actor. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get intimidated when you got that role? Because, or did you well, sit there? Well, fu- you know, hungry? it's funny. It happened with The Razor's Edge and Bill Murray as well. For some reason, I had my parents. What we loved the movies, but I, I never saw Jack Lemmon movies. I didn't. Uh, so I was, um, I was the only one in the cast to say, "Hey, Jack." They all were like everyone would go to dinner between shows and not ask Jack. And I, I said, "He's alone in his dressing room. What's the big deal?" Eventually, I I caught up with his career and and was impressed. Yeah. What was it like being on Broadway though? It must be such an amazing thing because one, I also heard it's 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 hard work because you have a mm-hmm. show almost every night. But also, I think like you said, being on the set every day in the soap opera sort of gets your acting muscle up. So was it? Was well, it- I think that's why. I, that's also why I got the part. You know, I was acting every day, so um, you always get work when you're yeah you're lubricated. And I was. Uh, um, but I had the first lines with Jack, the first line of the show, um, and uh, it, it's uh, had I, I went, I stayed home the night before and went through my uh, Cornell mantra because I was heavily trained there in a very Grotowski uh, a way where an actor is an, a warrior, very dedicated internal type of training. So um, I knew I had to listen to my the other actors on stage. You know that mantra, just oh, an actor cares but not for himself, an actor gives but does not take an actor shares but does not exhibit so um i i I held on to that opening night and got great reviews because uh you can go up you can lose it you you're just so freaking scared because every critic in the world is there and um it's petrifying it must be because especially because you're younger this is what you've been waiting for 25 so and that's that's young for broadway and and you're and it is a lot of pressure especially then because people read newspapers like now it's like there's 87 websites people watch tmz but it's it's so funny like when when you in the movie Birdman, when he's sitting there looking uh, yes. at the review, like this lady can make her break. Yeah, you. that was John Simon yeah. in our day, and, that's and he just said not... I was fetching. I was so grateful. Let's see, because he could, he was like he could kill you. <laughs> so how long did the how long did that run? Well, it ran a year, and then we could have gone on forever, but Jack uh, wanted to uh, go home at the end of the year. So, uh, and he's the one that said you should go to L.A. I was like, huh? But because my parents were in Arizona next door and it was Christmas, I said, okay. So I uh, they flew me out for a screen test for Little Women for something. And I, I just thought, well, yeah, I'll get home for Christmas. And so I tended to say, well, I'm... You know, again, I'm not, I'm not so dedicated to theater that I wanted to go back to New York and go from Broadway to off, off, off and, and hang around there. I thought, well, it's time for nighttime TV and, and cinema. I really wanted movies. M- movies. Movies. <laughs> so, that, so that was when you said, okay, I've, I'm, I'm ready to move. Yeah. Now, was that, was that a... Uh where you had you been to LA a lot before? No, never. Except for that audition for Cornell, out of which I got my uh, scholarship. Um, I uh, yeah, I got a, I got pretty fast. I got because uh, I was funny. I could do comedy. Um, I got bad uh, bad news bears with Jack Warden, and he was nominated that year for an Oscar for um, 
you know, Warren Beatty's movie, Heaven, Heaven Can Wait. And Great so movie. my agent thought, yeah, do it. And uh, so um, I, you know, got got on that right away. Again, you know, I got, got to keep going. We have to take a commercial break in about 30 seconds. This is something new. It's the commercial. Okay. So I'm not used to the timing because it's weird. It's a quick one. You have great New York accent. But, uh, I, see, I have a Philadelphia accent. accent, I think. I, Philadelphia, I, well, even I, better. I thought, I thought I lost it. I think, I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know. It's no, crazy. It's great. I, I like it. But anyway, we're going to be back in just a few. And uh, you got to go check out Catherine Hicks on IMDb. She has an amazing resume. And you got to check out her work because it's important. And you people can follow me at, on uh, Twitter at Cooper Talk. Follow me at Cooper Talk. Also go to coopertalk.net where I have over 200 and actually 360 episodes up. So we'll be right back. We're going to talk about Catherine's move to LA and all the great stuff that's happened to her since. I'm Steve Cooper. You're listening to Cooper Talk. Attention all mobile phone users. Here is your chance to win free money, free prizes, receive product discounts, even have someone else pay your phone bills. All this including the world's best jokes, funny video links, inspirational quotes, and more. Subscribe now at freemobileoffers.com. There are no sign-up fees and you can cancel your subscription at any time. For more information, visit freemobileoffers.com. Once again, that's www.freemobileoffers.com. Sending out your resume and hearing nothing? Employers use new computerized systems designed to eliminate qualified applicants just like you. These systems are a resume black hole. Dr. Karen Gurney has a way to beat the system. Pledge $1 at changehiring.org to get Dr. Gurney's tips to beat the system. At changehiring.org, pledges go to new program development to support career changers. Visit changehiring.org. Invest a dollar. Beat the system. Changehiring.org. This just in Los Angeles, a $10 million silver giveaway event. You can check it out online. Visit www.silvergiveaway.org. Register now. You must be 18 or older. That's www.silvergiveaway.org. You must be 18 or over. You don't want to miss out on the giveaway of free silver. Call Dale now at 512-851-7977. Call Dale now at 512-851-7977 to get more details. Once again, that website is www.silvergiveaway.org. Register, you must be 18 or older. You don't want to miss out on someone giving away free silver. Find out all about it. Give Dale a call. Area code 512-851-7977 for more details. With Supershopper.org, you can post your ad online in just 60 seconds. That's fast. That means that old junk sitting in your garage can be online in less time than it takes for you to stub your toe while looking for the light switch. List your electronics, furniture, automotive, garage sales, and more. If you can legally buy it and sell it, it's on. Supershopper.org. Job postings just 25 bucks. Everything else free. That means you can post your resume, get a job, find an apartment, furnish it, sell your car, buy an SUV, adopt a pet, find a house, get a mortgage, find a handyman, sell the house, buy a beach house, buy a surfboard. Supershopper.org. Now you get it. Welcome back to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. We're here with Katherine Hicks. And we just started to talk about her move to L.A. and getting cast <laughs> in this sitcom, The Bad News Bears. So so you move out, and so you're moving out here. Now, I always ask my guests, and my listeners will probably get so tired of this. When you first moved out here, where did you live? Because oh, my God. I stayed at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, and then I stayed at the Hilton. And then um, I switched apartments with a an actor here. He stayed in my New York apartment. I stayed in the Hollywood Hills with no locks on the door. Or all glass in the Holly, the Hollywood, the the Strangler was uh, on the loose. The Is, Hollywood Hills Strangler. Wow, that must have been. Well, why I, was sl- you... I slept with a knife and a whistle. <laughs> so there's no locks. I mean, it's just, I guess you know, it's so funny. Know. A lot of places. They, I mean, I I live in Burbank, and I'll be honest. Until my girlfriend moved out here, I mean, I, I live on the second floor, you know, and. I never locked my door. Yeah, I didn't you think should. about it. Yeah, it's just I do weird. now, but yeah, she was yeah. like, she's like, did you lock it? And now I've gotten her to the point where she doesn't lock it during the day because if she locks it during the day, let's say I like to take a walk, yeah. if I don't want to take my keys, I come back. I'm not used to having it yeah, locked. Yeah, then I'm locked yeah, out. And if she's yeah, not there, yeah. I got to go find a landlord and say, can yeah, you yeah, get my keys? Yeah, yeah, a big mess. Yes. So, so you move out here and, and your first role is in the bed. Jack Warden, with all these kids, it's the first time I saw child actors and I'm like, why are all the, these men sitting on set? And that's, they're the dads. And the moms, and then you know you just see that whole beginning of you, the enlightenment of child actors on in Hollywood. You know, I I have a lot of feelings about it. Like what? I mean, some of me. I think you um, think. I just think it's uh, 
it, it, you have to be really careful. And there's a lot of stage moms, a lot of frustrated parents that, and I just think it's almost like child abuse to, uh, you know, the kids always say defensively, oh, it was my choice. It was my, sh-. well, actually they were in commercials at six months. Right. So um, they, they don't have a choice. It's funny. The stage moms are sometimes, I compare them to like the uh, little league dads, you know, like that overbearing person who like, you know, I knew, I knew it's kids unreal. who didn't really want to play, but their dad was frustrated. And it's funny because, you know, you don't, you don't really see stage moms till you come out here, but then you'll sit there. I was, I mean, I go off for auditions occasionally and I was sitting there and it was like, all these kids, because it was like a few different casting things for this commercial. And it's amazing how some of the parents act. And it's like, you know, just let them like be Like they're little kids. monkeys. Yeah. No, 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 no. Do this. Come here. No, come here. Come here. Come here. So, and, you know, Corey Feldman was like five years old on Bad News Bears, a little guy. And, you know, it just, uh, because you guess what? They're going to audition. You fail. I mean, you're too young to be, to come home and have a bad day because you failed. You didn't get jobs. What, what does that do to your... Right identity you know now how did you like working on tv i mean you're on you're well, on a sitcom I learned one camera yeah, this, yeah. I mean, yeah what was the and difference? this wasn't sitcom I mean, this was, was one camera hour with uh bad news bears i've never really done sitcom i did some pilots it's not my comfort zone um and uh so anyway it was uh, an adjustment but it was great because it was uh you know a, again a paycheck and uh and i it was going upward you know i was moving on um and uh Still wanted movies, uh, but uh, when I was at Cornell, I had, which was incredible program we did after the fall, which is Arthur Miller's play about Marilyn Monroe, to whom he was married, and uh, I was Marilyn, and uh, it was a very deep emotional role. So, I, but um, I didn't have it out of my system. We only did it two weekends. I was like her defense attorney. I always felt I had this dead, dead older sister. I didn't want to be her, but I wanted to defend her and tell the world how unfairly she was treated by everyone. And and lo and behold, they, the, I get a call from my agent. They're doing a biography, three hours for ABC. And I went, I have got to play that role. Which you got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. And now, I heard it was a very, I'm, I'm sure everybody wanted oh. to play that role. I mean, everyone who's ever, because especially, you know, as I said, it's 1980. And a three hour, I mean, that's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. besides like Rich Man, Poor Man, and right, Roots. Right. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not seeing three long, epic things. Right. And she was such a cultural figure. Right. And just, and especially... In 1980, she was more popular, I think, than she is now because the kids the kids don't care anymore. Yeah, you know, they yeah, see yeah. they see a full figure. They go, Who's yeah, Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, yeah. So you run to play that role. How many people were you up against? Do you know? Oh, uh, London, New York, L.A. You know, so I'd how, say over a thousand. I mean, it was a coveted role. How I long, just how long and was, I'm not big breasts. I don't look like Marilyn. I don't have big breasts. It it was uh, determining. I just I just played it smart every move. I just like just and also was blessed. I mean, it's just luck too. Larry Schiller, who knew her, and I would do all my auditioning on the floor, and he said that's what she always did. I mean, so it it was Larry Schiller who produced it and ended up directing it, who saw in me the little girl that was the core of Marilyn. It's not a sex bomb approach. It's a lonely child. You played it like Again, an actor. You played it like a smart actor. I was actor. a lonely ch- oh, child in Arizona. So I understood the uh, character automatically. How many times did you have to go back? I mean, was it a big oh, process? Um, yeah. Uh, and then the network wanted Angeli, and they kept pushing her, the head of the network. It was even when we started shooting in New York. I wasn't sure for about a week if it was really. The, but Larry, you know, it's just network politics. But he fought for me. And um, yeah. And then we did it. And it was really great. It must have been awesome. I mean, play, yeah. playing like someone that you looked up to and just yeah. you knew that you and, and it was so part part of history too. You know, I had so many people came out from under the woodwork to tell me stories, and again, I was happy to tell her side of things that her both husbands, Arthur Miller and Joe DiMaggio, were envious of her because their careers were going down as she was coming up, and and how people thought she was dumb and she wasn't, and she just couldn't win. You know. So you do that, and it's a hit. And you get nominated for an yeah. Emmy, which is awesome. Now, what was it like going to the awards? Was it was it? Well, something? I was making a movie with David Niven and Maggie Smith in uh, in France, so I couldn't go. And uh, what was unfortunate is that um, it, it, we had an actor strike, so the town was 
just dead. In fact, I think only, I mean, I, a lot of people boycotted the Emmys, but I wasn't there. And Vanessa Redgrave, who was my hero, won. Because when she, in Camelot, when I was in high school, when the snot drips out of her nose when she cries, I'm just like, that's I want to do what she does. That's so, so cool. <laughs> I was happy she won. <laughs> so the movie, okay, so so you, you're done, Marilyn, so now you're making the move to Well, the yeah, and they still, they always wanted, I, I you know, uh, they wanted me to be the next Mary Tyler Moore. I was funny, um, but I really wanted to hold out for film because that was my dream, you know. And I don't know because you grow up watching the movies. So um, I went to an, a reunion at Notre Dame uh, and walked around. I went early because I wanted to walk around the lakes. You know, I was theology, so it was a very spiritual campus. So I sort of wanted to just reconnect and think about stuff and i just remember going well, why isn't it uh oh, the movies why is it so hard god uh, <laughs> and i went back to the hotel room and my agent said they can't find the lead for the razor's edge with bill murray i said i'm at my reunion we'll fly to new york we'll fly you out in the morning you'll be back at night or you know in time for the reunion so they flew me out again i didn't know who he was i i was in i was in acting school during snl um so I uh, I just chatted with this dude, and they took me out to dinner, and he he walked me home in New York to my apart my hotel, and said, "I'll see you in London in June." So I was like, I walked back to campus with my first film. See, that's so great. Yeah. What's funny is also is I remember when that movie came out because then Bill Murray was you know as he thought know. of as comedy, but, but it was actually a very good movie, and he yeah. and he did, and he's never. I mean, later in his career, he's gotten the drama turns. Yeah. Yes, but, yes, which is good because. But I then always, they really killed him unfairly, don't you think? Well, over the the reviews were so harsh because you know it's one of those things, that, and I've always I've always had a problem with reviewers and the fact that like if you go like a, when. Back when Adam Sandler was Adam Sandler. If you went to an Adam Sandler movie, you went because you wanted to laugh, you know it was going to be stupid. But then you see a reviewer sit there. When I lived in San Diego, this guy named David Elliott would always put like, oh, this movie. And it's like, it's an Adam Sandler movie. But then when Adam Sandler tries to do, you know, Punch Drunk Love, which is a drama, you know, very majestic, a lot of people go thinking it's an Adam Sandler movie. And when they don't laugh, they go, well, this is crap. And actually, comedians can make very great dramatists well, because yeah. it, we all know it's a sad clown. Yeah, I mean, Robin Williams I mean, yeah. was an amazing actor. And Adam Sandler did well in, in, in the cancer thing a lot of them they do well it's just it's just mm-hmm. it's just it's hard you know especially for yeah. bill murray yeah and so so now that goes on now you're, you're getting in movies now well then once i had that then i i did sydney lumet uh, garbo talks with ann bancroft i did you know i did 15 films um the ones that last will be the genre films uh horror every you know halloween child's play comes out uh, uh with chucky uh and i ended up marrying the creator of Chucky, Kevin Yeager. Which oh, was, really? Yeah, it was a magic. It was great. Um, and Star Trek, the the be, you know, it was really a, a big mainstream hit for that. I mean, it was uh, it, it was a, a great movie, and it lives on, and it was good for Leonard. He got to direct mainstream movies. Um, and so, and then I got, I did Peggy Sue Got Married with Francis Coppola, and, you know, I got, I got it. I, I know it was true to myself. Uh, and I also, as I look at you know, super, super movie stars. I don't think I had the, um, you have to really, that has to be the most, has to be everything. And I, I was a dedicated actor, but I, I, I also, I sort of, um, you know, I would visit my parents and, you know, I, I had sort of, I didn't have other things that were more important, but, um, I, I didn't. I, w- I didn't go to every red carpet. You know, I I had press agents, and I believed in that. But um, it's a special. You have to take your hats off to those people. They they are. It is their life. Yeah, I was gonna say you you wanted a life. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like you and when you are in that level, you not if you even try to have a life, you're totally scrutinized. Especially now because the press is everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's changed so much. Yeah. I mean, you know, like with the, with advent of TMZ and, and all that stuff. I mean, back then, like people read the National Enquirer, you know, years ago and, and you didn't believe half of it anyway. Yeah. You go, oh, whatever. And then yeah. there's a worldwide news, which was yeah. always crazy stories. But now Child's Play. Now, when you got that part, I right. mean, first of all, that, that's... Well, become- I was happy because I was a first build and it was, uh, I, I had so many monologues. Same with Star Trek. If I see a lot of monologues and it's a good role, you know, I, I, I'm I'm excited. But did you think Child's Play would ever become? I mean, it's become a a well, a huge. I mean, not. It's like one of those things that you sit there. Everybody knows 
Chucky. Chucky. And yeah. everyone knows that movie. And it's one of those things that, you know, and that was also when horror movies were making a transition. Yeah. You know, it was like with the Halloween and well, stuff it was like me that. and Chris Sarandon, you know, and Brad Dourif. I mean, they're fine actors. Oh, they're great actors. In fact, I was I was like, this isn't a horror film. I was into, it was like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm really working with, with, uh, with uh, you know, Chris Sarandon. And it was very emotional. I was a mom and it was very, there were a lot of meaty scenes. We did them in Chicago. And I was like, man, this, and Brad Dourif. I adore Brad Dourif from Cuckoo's Nest. My God. In fact, they were both nominated for an Oscar the same year, Dog Day Afternoon and um, Cuckoo's Nest. And they were just my buddies. And then they go, okay, we're going back to LA. We got to deal with the doll. And I was like, the doll? Oh, like, fuck that doll, man. Do we have to? (laughs) So I go back and there's the doll. And then I look over and there's 12 puppeteers. And at the head of them is this drop dead gorgeous young man with curly and it, it's kevin yeager and i i went so whenever he'd put the bite marks on my arm i just go oh, i can't i can't breathe so anyway i was got it, it i got him was it love at first sight yeah it was okay I, so that must be weird because it's something that it's like anything it's like it's yeah. it's on the set yeah and, and it's like it's something if you're sets going, are sexy let's yeah, face yeah. it yeah and it's yeah. but it's also it's like well you know i really can't hit it on Early, because then if he turns me down, I yeah. feel like a jerk the rest yeah, of the time. Yeah, and yeah. and so did did he make a move or did no? He no, move? he's he was shy. You know, I I um I talked to the puppeteers, checked him out. You know, is he available? You know, am I? And uh, so at the it was the wrap party, final final hour, and uh, he's sort of lingering, but I didn't know. And I gave Tiffany pens to all the puppeteers because I and but not to him because I knew that would sort of like get his attention. And I just finally went up and said, you know, thank you. Working with the doll was amazing. Um, you you did a great job, and I said, did we have any little vibes, you know, during these weeks? And he took me behind the, in front of the Chicago scrim on the on the set, and he kissed me, and it was because he said later he thought that took so much courage. So yeah, that it is was, so awesome though. Yeah. That's such a great story. It's yeah. so I love I love that because they're they're like these Hollywood stories, and everyone says, oh Hollywood, there's not good relationships. But I get yeah. I get so many. We have our 25th wedding anniversary. See, that, that's next awesome. Month. That's yeah. so congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. It's always that's always great though because different people tell stories. Xander yeah. Xander yeah. Berkeley telling a story how he met his wife, and it was through on set and just weird things. And it's always it's always great like that. But what was it like working with a doll though? Because it wasn't now like it's everything's. Green I know. Up. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a doll, and, yeah. it was, and it was a creepy looking doll. Yeah. I, you know, I just again just pretended it was a snake when it was under the sofa. You just, uh, you just act, you know, and f- fight for your boy. Um, it was funny because I, I didn't know kids that well, so we weren't getting along. It meaning I sort of w- was like, oh, this is the kid. And uh, anyway, so we became best friends, and um, it's hard. I can always tell when an actress is not a real life a mother in real life because until you have a child you don't know it's hard to play that un, un, you know ind, un, indescribable selflessness now now did you start getting a little bit of a cult following from child's play and you probably to this day do you still have oh it? yeah and star trek yeah now the star trek which is amazing is when i, I hear about that when anyone's in a star trek project and i, I believe um ian romaine's gonna do a uh documentary about people in star trek movies but i've heard they those fans are like the best fans because they not only love your work in star trek and they're fanatical but they follow all your other work and i've heard they're just really they're really nice you know when i was working a lot i didn't have i didn't go to conventions i didn't i didn't poo poo them but i didn't get it um i loved leonard nimoy and i try i tried to be involved with Greenpeace for the whales because, you know, you don't want to just be this dumb actress that says, hey, go whales and not ever right. do anything once the movie's done. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's proven to be an, a surprising source of wonderful support. Uh, warms my heart. They're very nice to actors. And it's good. Now, now yeah. you're, as, you're, as the movies, you start getting back into the TV world. Now, now you turn down Cagney Well, Racing. I got married and then I had a baby. And... Uh, I did Liebestrom, and then um, I just I, I did a couple of guest stars on an Aaron Spelling thing, just to keep my hand in. And then um, it's funny. By then, my dad had died. I'm an only child. My mom's in Scottsdale. All the it's just a horror. The neighborhood has become cold, and nobody gives a damn about her. Um, and uh, I had bought a little house for her in Coronado, in San Diego, across the bridge, which is where we spent our summers to get away from the heat in Arizona. And uh, um, so, uh, I had, um, 
the funds had dwindled and my business manager and Kevin said, you know, you got to you got to sell Coronado. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't send her back to the desert. Um, and so I was visiting her. She had a little stroke and uh, Aaron Spelling called and said, I want I have this show that I want you to do because he had liked my stuff I'd done for him before. And I said, no, 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 my mom's sick and and I don't want to play a mom. <laughs> Why well, is, is that? I mean, is it something and is it because you. You were a mom then. Well, actually, I had been doing. I did a couple of independent films in New York, and I thought, no, 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 I'm I'm going to go back to the movies. Um, and it just wasn't what I and and they and my manager just like go 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 just meet him. So I went over and met him, and he's he's very nice, very nice man. He loves actors, respects them. And, but I oh I, well, the script was good. I mean, Brenda Brenda Hampton. It was it was wonderful. It was deep and funny. And uh, I thought, well, I can't resist it, so I did it, and we were on eleven years. Yeah, I was going to say it's because uh, I mean I know you, you I mean you've had such, I said you've had a great career. I mean you've done Broadway, yeah. you've done movies, you've been Emmy nominated. Yeah. I mean that's that's just yeah. good stuff. And you've done commercials for yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for pro. Most importantly, you you've done pro. But so. When you when you're in the acting career, you know, and everyone says, you know, I'm sure you had pilots that didn't get picked yeah, up. Yeah. That that everyone always says, you know, you always was there anyone that you just thought a pilot you were in that you just said, this is surefire, because I hear that happens well, a lot. I, you know, again, I, I I was lucky enough. I've only done two pilots, and that was in the sitcom genre, and I've never been comfortable there. And one of them, one of the two, was with Martin Short, and um, it just. It was, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about pilots. I, I'm just grateful I didn't have to do a lot. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's usually doesn't get picked up. It's so weird. I know. It, it, In those days, yeah, they used to, if you got a show, they had already 10 bought. But now it's like crazy. Isn't that weird? And they yeah. make so many of them. And, yeah. And it's like, and you sit there and it's like, you don't know. And a lot of these, it's, and it's, you're. Oh, so many people. I mean, I, I've, I've had guests on who said, you know, they've been on like a pilot like every season, and it's uh, like after a while, you got to be like, wait a second, when yeah. one of these damn things get picked up, especially yeah. when it becomes good. So now, when you when you walked into Seventh Heaven, did you at any time, any time think it would last as long as it did? No, I mean, we all loved each other. Great, great cast. I, I was a bit resistant because by then I had a four year old who I was leaving every day to mother fictitious children it was hard uh but um i enjoyed the income that was amazing because also i could call coronado and say pull the sign out um mom can stay and that was a miracle i consider that a miracle so i uh, she lived there 20 years uh the, the money was great um i love the comedy it was and the drama i mean i got to you know do t- virtually not tragedy but Deep stuff that was intelligent, not schlocky, just really deep and also then funny, funny, funny. I, it, so as an actress, I was, you know, Brenda Hampton was a good writer and and she stayed with the show. You know, my husband's done Bones now for 10 years. Um, you know, if the writer and I love the OC, I don't know if you remember that. Oh, my God. The first two years, Peter Gallagher, the OC. Brilliant. Um Josh Schwartz, I bet. But, you know, it's it's the writer-creator in television. It's their baby. If they leave, it's over. They always say that. And Brenda stayed 11 years, which is why we survived. Well, it's funny. You always say about like, the OC. I didn't watch the OC. but uh, First but two years. You can always tell Great. when there's a, a good writer, like you said, developer, because... The, the work that people do after that, like the the one kid has gone on to do Southland and ben McKenzie, Gotham, yeah. and just they, so you sit there and go, okay, there's something Adam there. Brody's so good. Oh, yeah. check it out sometime. I might. I, it's so funny. I get awesome. I get, I get so uh, with all the Netflix. Do you watch any? Do you watch TV a lot oh, or no? Game of Thrones. Okay, I don't watch it. I but I Try watch. Silic- I know. I watch Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, and Veep, which is great. Yeah, I don't get HBO. So okay, but we're just, missing the boat. I know. The Game of Thrones. It's one of those things. It's just not my genre. One of my friends, Joff, is always Me like, you got to watch it. No, I read it the books. Sounds, I, know, I know exactly what you think. It, it's not, it's, but the, it's, it's Shakespeare, and the acting is, it, uh, blows your mind. It's really not what you think. Now, do you ever, because you've been on so many TV shows and movies, is there any times you're flipping around the, the TV and you just see yourself and you're like. Oh, yeah, all but, the time. Now, what do you do? And, and I'll be honest. I love it. I'm happy. Do you watch it? It's again, I, you know, I like, I'm an, you know, every actor's, not every actor, but I'm, I'm a Leo, you know, I like, I sort of like the exposure. Now, do you monitor your work and go like, wow, 
I was so young there. No. And if I if I I would have done it differently now. I mean, do you ever sit no. there and see something? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Li- I don't like the, my performance in the Razor's Edge. I sort of dropped my. I wish I had kept a acting coach for uh, the early films, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, there's certain things I don't like, but um, I like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, both. Now, with Seventh Heaven, when did you know that it would go so long? Like, I mean, I'm sure you do your first season, and it's you said it's a strong writer, and then all of a sudden they say, okay, and then now it was on. It was well, on. I knew first of all, I knew we were uh, at the time WB. I knew th- that they didn't have much product. Uh, Jamie Kellner said at a little dinner with two other sitcoms. That he said we're going to build a, a network. You won't. You don't believe it now, but you'll see. And uh, I remember thinking, well, I think we will stay on this network because what else are they going to put on the air? So in that respect, I knew um, and I knew it was quality. Right. I knew it was I knew we were doing good work and I knew that it was affecting the audience in deep ways because the, the to this day, there's at least five people a day that come up to me. Um, it really helped help people, children from broken homes parents who didn't quite know how to parent there's a lot of broken homes and a lot of broken hearts in this country because divorce continues to just be sort of like no big deal but it is a big deal to the children so seventh heaven and we dealt with issues you know issues all the time from cutting from psychological issues to political issues so i mean it really was a big package so um i then began to think of course i mean the people are are ingesting this now were you getting emails from people and just saying or yeah. mail and just saying i mean yeah. what were some of the nice things that people oh, just, said to you? you know give me a hug you know you're uh thank you thank you thank you and the main thing is that it was a show that the i heard this about a million times it's the one time during the week that our family sits down together on the sofa and can watch an hour of of important entertainment and that's a pretty that's awesome because it, it's so funny. I mean, it, and it had things have changed. I mean, when I grew up, you know, in all honesty, it was like we weren't allowed. We had a, we had a, we had a TV in the kitchen, but that was my mom to watch the Today Show, and uh, <laughs> and it just that's what, but but and before she would go to work or whatever, and before my dad would go to work, they watch the Today Show. But at dinner time, that TV was off. Yeah. You sat and you oh, ate yeah. dinner, and you had the family dinner, and you would not leave the table till everybody was. Well, done. I think Seventh Heaven was after dinner. Okay, yeah. but I'm saying no, but back yeah. then, but yeah. things have, and like, but now, now, but then we would watch TV together. Yeah, yeah. And, right. And it was, that was a big thing. And, you know, even Saturday, I mean, I'm, you know, when I, I was a kid, I don't, all in the family, I don't get how groundbreaking it was because I just thought it was funny. Yeah. I didn't, I yeah. didn't know what a, I didn't know what a racist was right. or a bigot, right. but it just made me laugh. Yeah. When Sammy Davis Jr. kissed him, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. But we would sit there and we would watch TV and it would be the whole family. And of course, as you get older, you know, one kid plays little league. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest. But the still, baby. it was but, those moments yeah. together. And that's great that you could sit there and be involved in something. Kids want like that. that. They want their parents to be together with them a little bit during calm time. Now that parents just, it's all about getting in the right college, do the homework, play the sport, do the be the best. Their kids are under a lot of pressure. And college is so expensive now. Yeah. I mean, I went to a state school. I went to Stockton in New Jersey, and. Uh, when I went, I, when I went, it was like thirty two fifty a credit, okay, and like to live down there. No, it was like, and yeah. I graduated in eighty six, and I think for the whole year, like to live on campus and everything, I think it was like six thousand bucks. Yeah. And now, I, my, my uh, girlfriend's uh, niece looked at it, but she went somewhere else, and it was like, and I have friends on Facebook who their kids are going. My daughter just like, graduated USC. Okay, it's, so, it's sixty grand a year. Yes, and that's like this is a state school. Yeah. This was like twenty five grand. Yeah. Now, what was your daughter's major? She, uh, business, Marshall Business School. She's up in San Fran. She just graduated in May and she's working for Kraft Foods. Okay, did she never want to get no, into acting? No, didn't. Okay. Now, would you encourage her if she wanted to or no. would you say stay out? She's a great dancer in high school and a, she's a great painter. She's got the art gene because my husband's just a total artist. Um, but um, the acting thing, she just... Uh, thought it was stupid really it's not quite, it's, it's so funny <laughs> but i'm glad she, she wants to run her own business okay well, she grew good. up watching sprinkles happen she's like an entrepreneur potentially you gotta get her on shark yeah. tank yeah exactly do, oh we watch she watches that, that. oh yeah. my, i love that love show. it love it it's getting it's to me it's getting a little bit uh stale now just yeah. because kevin o'leary is always a jerk yeah and, and, i know and, and you always oh, please. And, and he's just and it's a thing where it's like 
it's he's become a cartoon of himself. Yeah. Before it was like, okay, this guy's a jerk. Yeah. And you know Cuban's gonna yeah. hate the tech guys and yeah. you know, but you watch it, but it's the best is it makes you feel good when you see the stories yes. that people have made this success yes. and you go, That's awesome because yeah. it shows there is the American dream. Yes. It's crazy. So now now when did you find out Seventh Heaven was gonna go off the air? Did you know it was gonna uh, towards well, the we end? Well we had the we had the ten year uh final scene and then we had uh we got another year. Basically, because Stephen Collins uh, told the network, like, well, you know, we'd all take a cut in salary if you want to give us another year. They went, really? Because then we can afford it. It must be sad, though, because it must be like another family, because it's just, and not the actors, I mean, the actress, of course, but the, all the people on the set, too. Oh, the be, set. Oh, I, I mean, miss set. You know, I just went to my husband's rap party for Bones, and it's just, you know, the same, it's just, I love our business Again, because it's community. A set is every department respecting each other and working together. And you, you, they all pull together and they create an hour of entertainment. Uh, it's amazing. I love, I love our business. I love the town for creating entertainment for the planet. We got to take a break. Then we're going to come back. And I want to. I want to talk about. Cause I know you've been trying to get back on stage. You've been doing some stage work. Yeah, <laughs> you're so funny. Yes. Yeah, I want to. But talk not. To- no. But I'm. I'm. I'm done. <laughs> you're done doing stage work. No, I. Okay. <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> I'll find out what this is. We'll be right back. We have Catherine Hicks. Follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. Go to my website, CooperTalk.net. Uh, check out her resume. Check out her work. Check out Seventh Heaven. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, DVD, Hulu. Netflix, Hulu. There you go. And we'll be right back with Catherine Hicks. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Are you looking for tacos for any event? Look no further. Okay. Super Tacos. You can hear at Super Tacos with my friends Mario and Edith. Sí, quiero tacos. Their menu includes carne asada, pollo, al pastor, lengua. It also includes the jalapenos, grilled onions, and rice and beans. I'm so hungry. If you mention the grab bag show, you get free rice and beans. Que un grab bag show, okay? Es un bag with rice and beans. Okay, I'm hungry. Just mention the grab bag show and just get the free rice and beans. You can call Mario 626-487-4068. That's Mario 626-487-4068. Super tacos, muy bueno para la quinceañera. You can do it. Call Super Tacos at Mario Needed 626-487-4068 for any taco catering event. Super Tacos! For 10 years now, the Indie Bible has helped thousands of independent artists gain more exposure for their music. The 10th edition features 4,200 publications that will review independent music and 3,400 radio stations that will play independent songs. It also includes hundreds of labels, distributors, and digital download sites. Over 9,000 contacts in all included are 50 helpful articles written by music industry experts. The Indie Bible shows musicians where they can get their music reviewed, their songs played, and their CDs sold. For details and to order online, Visit www.ndbible.com. Remember abundance. At Shakey's Pizza, don't cut back. Cut loose with our all-you-can-eat bunch of lunch. Now just $6.99. Less belt tightening. More belt loosening. Shakey's all-you-can-eat bunch of lunch. Now just $6.99. Have you heard of prankdog.com yet? They're a new hot phone prank greeting company. Prankdog.com has Barack Obama calls that sound like more Obama than Obama. This is a lot of fun. You have to check it out to see what that means. My fellow Americans. Prankdog.com has wake-up calls, happy birthday calls, interactive calls, customized calls, free ringtones, etc. Go to prankdog.com and click on send a free phone greeting. Prankdog.com. Go ahead. Get in trouble. Hello? Welcome back to Cooper Talk. I'm here Steve Cooper. Remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. We're here with Catherine Hicks, and we're going to talk about how, after after Seventh Heaven, yeah. you know, you, you've, as I said, you've had this amazing career, because you've been on a, a sick, I mean, a show that ran for 11 years, which, right. I mean, how many shows have ran for that long? I mean, Not many. Especially lately. I mean, yeah. back in the day, yeah. you know, they say, okay, there wasn't, you know, a program, but now you're yeah. in the show, and you and you've made a difference from the yeah. show because you've uh, people you've touched people. Yeah. So right there you have a, a Hey, see that ties in the Notre Dame thing. 
You right. can be an actor and sort of a nun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See that? Now, have you ever played a nun? No, I've always wanted to. Would you? I mean, would you really? Is that oh, something? Yeah. I, because, you know, it, it's so funny. They're, they're, you don't see a lot of nuns, except after since Sally Field. You don't see a lot of nun roles. No, you don't. But, you, yeah, but I think people would watch a nun. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so, so after Seventh Heaven happens, I mean. Well, what, at that point, and, and, at I'm that sorry. point, I had such working mom guilt <laughs> that I was like, no. I, even during hiatus, all through Seventh Heaven, I wouldn't take any offers for, you know, you have three months off. You can do a couple of movies. You can do, and I was just like, no, I got it. And I, I would never not make the same decision. Children are, it's like, no. And so I was there for Katie. And then when it ended, I was really there for Katie. In fact, I, I made sure I sat in this, our staircase with the in front of the front win, window every time, for every t- time she got home from school driving up i i felt i it was something inside you know so i uh, i had no interest I, I and so she graduated i was there for her in high school the last three years of high school and then she ends up at usc i thought for sure she'd be back at east but it was god's way of, it was great she's there another four years so i could be a mom i was active and um so I just sort of really didn't focus on entertainment, but I did do a couple of plays. Yeah, because I'm thinking you're, you really, I mean, really, you really didn't have to focus because you've had this career. I mean, you, I mean, it's something that you've done a lot. So it's it's something that you can sit there and go, I, I can take some time off, you know, because you know you said you started late and you were so, uh, you know, more aggressive because you were yeah. younger, yeah. and so you, you did all that that crunch time work when you were younger. So now it came to a point where you could sit there and say. You know, this is important to me. I don't. I don't need Hollywood right now, which a lot of people can't do. And it's good you could do that, and you could be involved. And and to her, for her to go to USC, it must have been great because then you know, did, now, did she live at home or did she live there? No, she lived on there, but okay. she could come home, and I'd be down. I could bring cookies to the the sorority house. Oh, they must have loved that. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you were like, and it's like, I, I, and, and then and okay, that's funny. Is how did like. Her, like her sorority sisters, how did they react to you being her mother? Because they probably all watched they all Seventh grew up Heaven. With me. You know, it's funny because, um, and Katie's, I, I'm a great believer. I think psychiatrists are brilliant and that, you know, even just three visits or even one visit, everyone should do it because you, you sort of find out what you're made of. And she had some issues because can you imagine being a child whose mother leaves you and then you turn on the TV and you, she's, oh, the, where'd she go? Oh, she's taking care of those five children. It played on her mind and heart. Um, but she got to get that out. But um, uh, what was your question? <laughs> no, I was going to say, how, how did these other girls act? Oh, when, but then, you... so because where, when she was little, we couldn't go anywhere. We were sworn by, thou, I mean, hun, hun, everywhere we went, you know, especially when you have your own child, volleyball tournaments, Disneyland. It was, so she, you know, again, when, when you have a child, it is, we all had, when we were born, our parents weren't famous. So you get to grow up, the spotlight is on you, the sunshine is on you, because you're the child, the baby. Oh, what a cute little baby you have, Mrs. So-and-so. Thank you, isn't she? Katie didn't get that. She, any celebrity's kid is in a shadow, a shadow. The sunlight never reaches them. And for you, because you played a mom, it's even yeah. probably more yeah. of a shadow, yeah. because it's like, yeah. you know, but then you must, like, like, like PTA meetings, they must have thought you were like, the, the I, they love you. They, I don't <laughs> anyway, but it all, whatever. I hope in the balance that um, I think we're okay now, you know, well, with Katie's um, Katie's happy girl and whatever. But um, anyway, I was there for her. And then, you know, I, I also knew that because I watched, I mean, the, the really big shows, it's like you don't automatically get another series at all. So I was very realistic as an actress about what my future would be after Seventh Heaven. And uh, I, I just said to my manager, look, it's going to be bottom feeding. Don't get snotty with offers. You know, it's not going to be what you guys think. There's not going to be a flood of, of work options because I just know it, you know, because uh, the cast of bigger shows, you don't hear from them. So um, I just did little independent movies. I did like 20, you know, crawling around in Compton on a floor. And I, but I was good with it. It was like really humble pie. And I just thought, and, I, and, I, and then a play came along at the Blank Theater, um, a great theater, the Blank. And it was a great role. It was um, Durang, Christopher Durang's West Coast premiere. I got to do f- funny, did another play, blah, blah. And, and now I'm just sort of like, I don't know. It's like theater to me is so strenuous i admire these people that they go there the they're actors who who go there 
to relax, you know, like, and I, I don't know what's happened to me, but I, I find it stressful. I, I guess I got used to the peace and quiet of a soundstage and a little group of people and that wonderful camera lens, which is m- my best friend. Right. And if you f- screw up, you can do it over. Right. And that's, I just, oh, it scares the, me to death. Well, when you did, when you were doing those, the independent smaller movies, was that must have been also invigorating because you were getting to really do yeah. roles that oh, yeah. flex your and they bone. were movies and they'd have their little premieres, you know, there. <laughs> and uh, Elliot Gould. I mean, there's, you know, the, the town is full of thousands of talented people for whom the venues have shrunk because every year a new new batch of minnows comes to the river and you know it just makes sense i think that's one good thing though about like cable and netflix and all that now that i think they're all those series are name heavy with actors who have been around for a long time because i think what happens is in a, a time where even like with hbo and showtime when you think about it you know i mean people who watch hbo or showtime are usually older I mean, you know, I mean, they're going to sit there, you know, it's not college right. kids don't really get to watch. I mean, they want to see it, yeah. but it's like, so that's why the, the my daughters, like, they, that group likes Homeland and they watch uh, some of this stuff. Yeah. And some, but it's, it's like one of those things where it's, it's getting older. So that a lot of these actors, you relate to that because right. especially as you know, the, the kids who grew up in certain ages, now they're in their twenties. Well, they want to see someone that they can relate to as of their course. parents or of, not, you know, yeah. it's like, like, you know, Ray Donovan, you know, everyone loves Ray. Everyone loves Liv Shriver. Liv Shriver's not a young guy. He's, he's, I'm 51. He's probably my age. And that's the thing. And now, but that's, what's great with like these movies, these shows that the older person is coming back. And I, I think that Hollywood's going to change a lot because oh, I think good. people want to see that. I mean, Breaking Bad, all these shows, yeah, yeah. they're all an older cast. Yeah, that's true. And I yeah. think it's great because, because, uh, you know, in my belief is all the, the really talented actors are older because oh, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've worked, acted in yeah. every every aspect of the business. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's my daughter's so sort of discouraged at what she sees at craft and any big corporate thing. And my dad was in business. It's ev- it's everything in our nation now, not just entertainment, but everything. In in the old days, um, age was respected, meaning experience that you had wisdom and experience, and you were that much better. But now, you know, I've, it's hard on uh, businessmen, you know, because they get replaced for younger and cheaper people. Oh yeah, my, and happened, that, happened to my mom. She was. Uh, a, a I'm sorry. Market, no, it was years ago, but she was in, with Campbell Soup. But she was a market research manager. Wow. And they said, hey, you know, do you want to, you know, retire now or, you know? And she saw what happened to other people who didn't retire, and she said, well, okay. Yeah, why not? She she got it. You know, it, it was fine. You know. Yeah, yeah. But so now, no, you're not going to do any more stage. You don't think? I, you know, you know, I'm at the point where this is awful. Ian would kill me, my agent. I don't think they even know. <laughs> but I sort of, if it's an offer, I'll do it. But I, I don't like auditioning anymore. Most people don't. I mean, no. especially because when you have a body work, you shouldn't have to. Well, no, I, you know, everyone wants to see if you're right for their particular, I, I don't, I see it from their perspective and they tape from home now. I just personally doing the homework and getting anticipation up and then being nervous and then taping it or sh- going and parking in the lot and walking and being in a room with 20 other women. Oh my God, you know, sh- movie stars and Oscar winners and Emmy and that that's not i mean that's fine you go high but you, i'm not a good auditioner i never i mean i only if i really loved it because again i think the one thing a theater major has over me you know back to people who've been doing it in high school and college it's a little more like breathing to them and for me it was always it's still a big deal so i get i get nervous and then if i don't get something i feel really I feel down for like two weeks. You shouldn't though, because you've had a great career, and we just have a few minutes left. That girl, how was? Did you have fun shooting that documentary? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, my ego at first is like it's for that girl who was in that thing, and I was like, well, people know that who I am and what I was in, but it was really neat to be with actresses, you know, th- uh, that actresses, you know, real actors, and uh, they're they're they were wonderful women. I thought they 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 just were great because they were still about the, the the acting, not about the fame. You know, I'm a little guilty of that. Yeah, but no, but I mean, but you were great in that, and and what was great about that was I loved well, I I loved the the, the statistics he put on the different stuff yeah. about women yeah. in Hollywood and yeah. how many more women are actually moved to Hollywood than yeah. guys. Yeah, and I love the fact that he went through all of your careers and he interviewed you all separately yeah. but then you all got to sit together yeah. which must be great because all of you have had such a great body of work and they are your peers and, yeah. and I'm sure you know as they say people who started out here 
and they're still around and they're still working, like people in that movie, are doing something right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's yeah. the resilience, it's it's talent. It's, you know, yeah. people are going to get breaks who don't have talent. We yeah. know that. But yeah. people who get breaks who don't have talent aren't going to last. That's yeah. why I tell a lot of young comics, like, oh, this person got this work. I'm oh. like, who cares? It's all about that's what great. you do, but you have to. Good for so. you. You're a great interviewer, by the thank way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Now, we, now, do you tweet? Oh, no. Oh, you got to start I barely, tweeting. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I think I will. Because it's good. But so and now, Does now, it take a lot to start up? No, you just you just walk on and you open up an account. Okay. And, you, and you'll probably get one of those blue checks. I don't want any, another stalker. You but, won't get a stalker okay, from Twitter. Okay. The people not that it. I'm, I mean, I say that as if I'm this hot babe. I don't feel, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's some weird people somewhere oh, totally weird. who have, oddly have an interest in. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It was great meeting hey, you. Hey, great luck. Have more spare ribs. I will. I'm, I can't watch them anyway. People, so uh, check out her resume. Check out her work. Go to IMDB, Catherine Hicks. It's Catherine with a C, not a K. Also, you can... Uh, Follow me on uh, Twitter at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I tweet what's going on. Go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have 360 episodes up there. I post all the time. Email me, cooper at coopertalk.net. Also, go to my new website, stopthesalt.com. It's the cookbook I wrote. It's uh, low sodium for one without cooking, uh, without killing yourself. When I went out of the hospital, I had to change my whole diet. So this is 120 recipes, all low sodium, easy to make. I don't put pictures in. I don't put lengthy ingredients because that scares the crap out of people. It's easy to make. You look at it. Most recipes take 10 minutes to prep at the most, and you can cook them in like 20 minutes. So just follow that. And also, listen to me on uh, iTunes or Stitcher. You can follow me. Also, give a shout-out to Brody James at All Radio X, Steve Benz at WSDI Chicago, just a few places that are playing my show. So, yeah, that's about it today. Don't forget, check out Catherine Hicks' work. Follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Next week, I have all TV writers, so check us out, and I will talk to you then. Good day. What a...